I'm Lauren Whitehurst. I'm a certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. Hi, I'm Sunny Livencott. I'm a certified professional life coach and a certified brain health professional. We also have Angela Salyers, who is a licensed professional counselor, and the three of us together make up Whole Whole Life Vitality. Vitality. We teach Whole Life Vitality of the mind, body, and soul, bringing the physical, emotional, and spiritual together for whole life wellness. Welcome back, friends. We are here today with a good friend of mine, Miss Trish Cook. We reconnected recently after a bit of a hiatus in our friendship. I mean, you we met locally and then you moved away and um, we kind of lost touch for a minute and then reconnected. But as we were reconnecting, we started talking about a subject that has impacted us both greatly. And that is grief. Yeah. Um, Before we really dig into grief, Trish, could you just tell us a little bit about you? I am from Utah. My husband and I are both from Utah. We're born and raised there. The experience that you would probably expect in Utah. (laughs) And then we moved out south for my husband's medical education. We moved from Alabama, different parts of Alabama, which is where we met. Um, And then we moved to Mississippi and now we're living in Tennessee and we're planning to stick around here for a long time. But Lauren got caught up in my friendships where I get to stay for a few years and then I hop out. But I've always really appreciated people like her who just are willing to make those friendships with people who they know are temporary, which is kind of a theme of I guess today as well, the podcast is just being that friend to someone who you know is temporary or being a friend when it's not the most comfortable thing. I, you know, grief is something that it's not comfortable to be around. And then you become familiar with it and that gets less uncomfortable, but it's always going to be uncomfortable. It's not a fun thing to feel. So so in um, this process of moving from place to place and going through residency, yes. then you've yes. met a lot of people. Yes. I've and, met a lot of people in a lot of different circumstances. And, and you it, have such a huge heart. I feel yeah. like when you meet someone, you very quickly get to know them. You're very empathetic. Yeah. You really want to like dive deep. There's no small talk with Trish. We just like <laughs> dive right in and we're talking what, about what is small talk even. Right. I don't know and what the weather, like, I don't, I'll talk about the weather as it pertains to like how we're experiencing life, but <laughs> right. Right. But I'm not really a small talk person. So uh, when yeah. you meet people, you, you go deep really quickly and yes. in doing that, you get to know people and kind of share a space in your heart that is just so passionate. Like you, you love deeply. Yes. And that means that you feel loss also very deeply. And in the course of knowing so many people, you've had to walk alongside people who are grieving and, or deal with grief yourself in a very profound way. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today, because your firsthand Uh, experience with grief, I feel like there's a lot that you can share about that. So for you personally, can we talk about your personal um, history with grief first before we dig into 
those friends of yours um with you you, with you. you have me accurate by the way that's like that is me <laughs> <laughs> you just have me straight yes you have it you have it down um I I definitely love deeply and I've said a lot of hellos and unfortunately a lot of uh, goodbyes, not just the temporary ones, like with me and you, you know, from afar, social media, yay, but like permanent goodbyes. And ugh, those are rough. Those are rough. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't think of them as like full on goodbyes, but it just kind of depends on where you land and believe. But yeah, I, I have uh, had my own experiences that, you know, when you're growing up and you lose a grandparent, like it was a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, so my first introductions to death were like pets and grandparents, just like every other normal kid. Um, How were you taught to experience it or were you encouraged to feel those feelings as a child when you first experienced loss? Um, not really. Well, yes, I, I give a lot of credit to my parents for like really creating that safe place for us to have our feelings and especially when it came to grief over loss it wasn't discouraged to feel it but we did get the the um not specifically from our parents but we did get like the spiritually bypassing statements and you know the things that people don't can you be specific um, about what that would be yeah so spiritually bypassing is oftentimes when we insert our own beliefs into someone else's situation and then expect them to feel relief or comfort from it mm-hmm, and like a band-aid. yeah and um so and it's oftentimes received as like the thing that people say when they don't want to put an energy towards actually reaching out so it's mm-hmm. usually like um you know when people offer prayers there's nothing wrong with offering prayers some people really really receive that and feel comfort in in knowing that people are praying for them but take it further you know and don't just stop there so that's a common one people hear that all the time like take it further but um but also I just feel like people get off track in what they're trying to accomplish with people like they they think that teaching them about their belief system or about their what's brought them comfort is going to fix it and that it, grief can't be fixed it's not going to be fixed it and rarely especially with new fresh grief the spiritually bypassing statements like they're in a better place mm-hmm. i know the people know that they are in a place where they don't have to feel the horrible pain that they themselves are feeling right now like they're relieved that their loved one no longer is struggling through um, chemotherapy or through yeah. whatever's going on for them, but it doesn't fix it. You you have to come to your own comprehension of that concept. You can't be told that. And so, and same thing with, you know, that it will get easier with time. It doesn't get easier with time. It doesn't get easier with time. We grow around it. So for, for you, you started out, you know, grandparents or pets, but then as you got older, then I think like most of us, you experienced loss in a much more profound way. Um, and thank you for bringing me in. Cause I, I get on my rabbit trails and I know Um, that I, I was there for part of that. Um, at least one of the, a couple of the big ones that I saw and, um, 
I also feel very deeply. And so I'm feeling for you, even as we, as we bring this back up again, but, um, the, the loss of your third child, um, was, I know uh, pregnancy has always been really hard for you and it's been, um, a journey in and of itself, just getting pregnant and then maintaining a pregnancy. But, um, the loss of your, of your third child was just such a, um, profound loss and watching you grieve through that process was so sad and so beautiful in how you processed through that. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, it's funny cause you are actually there for like pregnancy announcements and, you know, like these were the big moments and, um, we, our babies come through IVF. And so having that baby happen the way it did just felt so meant to be. So then to have it kind of come <laughs> ripped away from us, yeah. um, he was, you know, small but beautiful and perfect and the moment we lost him was extremely vulnerable and sacred Mm -hmm. and um horrible and all the things Mm -hmm. um I I don't look back on for a time I looked back on it and I felt special feelings around the loss itself and the experience of having the having like, you know, giving birth to this baby. But like, I, I feel now with some time and distance between myself and um, my loss, I do think fondly of those experiences. Yeah. Like anything else um, we can take those experiences as things that happen to us or things that happen for us. And um, not to diminish loss in any way, but to kind of pull from it what we, what we feel like we can. Uh, I lost my sister a couple of years ago and um, you know, you kind of were, were around for that as well. Um, And not as much as I would like to say I was, Wow, I I wasn't sure how to handle grief, you know? And I think that's where most people wind up because I, uh, I lost a friend not long before I lost my sister. And I have some shame around that time as my friend was going through her end stages of cancer and um, some shame because I feel like I didn't know how to process my grief and also be there for her. And so I pulled away. That's, I think, such a common thing for people because we're all sad you know, she's, she was my good friend and we had been friends for a long time. And then to have this horrible thing happen for her, I didn't know how to process it. And I didn't know how to process my grief and also help her along the space of processing hers. And so I think that's one of the things that I really wanted to come back to today is to kind of give people the space to know how to exist in that space. I think that honestly, I was terrified of saying and doing all the wrong things and making things worse for her. I'm like, you're miserable anyway. I don't want to come in here and make things worse for you. (laughs) But you recently, as we've reconnected, you've shared with me how God or, you know, whatever your greater power is, um, keeps putting these people in your path that are kind of at their end stages of life. 
and you're just kind of being there with them. And as you told me about it, it blew my mind because I'm, you did what I couldn't do. You're doing what I couldn't do. What I felt like I wasn't emotionally able to do at the time. And I just have so much respect for that. And I would love to hear about what you're doing with these people in your life and how you're being there for them. Cause I think that it will one help me selfishly and um, to help our listeners to really understand how they can be there for people who might be grieving in their lives. Yeah. I would love to talk about it. And I also, is that friend of yours that's been battling? Well, I have a friend that hates when we use war terms in regards to, to chemo. No, but that's not everyone says that way. But okay. she she definitely does, and she has a quite the following actually. She's um, on TikTok, and I'll I'll talk about her a little bit. But she she's the one that you've been hearing me talk about, and um, yeah, it's it's hard watching and being in this space where it it kind of goes back to that sensation that I was or feeling that I was kind of saying where I appreciate you and I appreciate people that take on friends even when they know they're temporary. I have a great appreciation for that for myself, just because we've moved every two to three years and you can't just go eight years without a support system across the country with your, from your family. Yeah. And so the people that realize that and are willing to take you in as family, basically is what y'all did. I feel like when that happens, I just, with Chris, I took her on as a friend knowing her diagnosis, knowing her prognosis. There's something about that that makes it easier for me to show up for her than watching someone that I've known healthy die. Yeah. It I, I don't know if I don't know if I said easier. I don't know if that's the right word. But like there's something about that that just makes it I, I'm going into it knowing I'm going to say goodbye very soon. Yeah. You, you had, um, an expectation from the beginning knowing that it was going to be a a short-term situation. And, and when you have someone going through cancer, you have some warning, you know, typically you have some warning. And so with her, that's bit, we've had, you know, six years, she's, she's like, she's toughed out six years. I, I don't know how she's, done this but she has and I like seriously if you want to go follow her I don't remember her TikTok name at the we'll make sure that we link it in the podcast so that people can follow her if they want to she talks about how to show up for people for like her and she hasn't needed that's she's got a a stretched yeah she's got like a reach um with people and a lot of people with cancer a lot of people with terminal diagnosis are like commenting and they're getting a lot of validation and from her and so for sure follow her if you're in that situation especially but her and I both have a little bit of social anxiety and I don't ever want to show up like and just claim her emotional energy sure and so like I try to ask like consent at all times and I know that you know people probably think that using words like that like my husband would be like oh consent but like I try to ask people because she does she has a very limited amount of energy and time so yeah. I'm not going to insert myself 
into her life when mm-hmm. she has children. She has young children. That's just and, healthy boundaries, girl. Good yeah, job. Just ask for consent, right? That's right. And that's that's the thing too, is there are going to be times where you need to not ask because they'll never tell you. Yeah. They'll never tell you that they need something. They'll never tell you what they need. And so sometimes you do have to insert yourself, but make sure you're doing it for their benefit and not yours. Like not just to make you feel better. Right. Make sure you're doing it to help in a way that actually helps them with, yeah, with Chris, I, I feel like I've shown up a couple of times, like I'll hold back, you know, cause our, my social anxiety and her social anxiety just mixes together. We both know it. Okay. And then it causes inaction because neither one of us is like forward enough or like, you know, to actually just be like, I'm coming. I don't care how you feel about it, you know? Right. And so, well, I mean, I do care about how you feel, but you know what I'm saying? So I just show up and she hasn't yet told me that it was the wrong call. And I have asked her, I follow it up with like, how, you know, how are you feeling? How was that for you? Is it okay when I just show up, you know, and it's okay to ask. And it's also okay if they say, Hey, that was really sweet. And it was needed today. I'm not sure that it's an everyday thing, but Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that, you know, or even if they, are negative about it then you know that's not the way to show up for them yeah find a different way so I don't know you just kind of have to be brave be willing to look at your relationship as um something that you're willing to experiment with a little bit and just try just try don't say the cliche things that come up in your head Dr. Carolyn yes gave us a list of what not to say. I love, I love her. I follow her on social media. Um, highly recommend, but what's her I, name I, again? Dr. Caroline leaf leaf. Um, I've heard, I've heard of her. Uh, and I'll make sure that we also link that in this podcast so that. that people can see, but she gave us a list of things, uh, what to say and what not to say. And this is the list of what not to say. And I really appreciated this because when I was processing that fresh grief of my sister passing, I feel like a lot of there's not, not really anything that anyone could say that was going to make me feel better. Yeah. But a lot of the things that I heard, I thought, um, this is not, not necessary. Why, why are you even saying this? So, no. um, here's one of them. At least he's in a better place. His suffering is over. Um, you'll be okay. After a while, I understand how you feel. You shouldn't feel that way. That's, that's always great. Let's just completely invalidate oh. people's feelings. Oh. Um, yeah, that's good. There is a reason for everything. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, God's in charge. Okay. Whether it's true or not, I'm just saying, I don't want to hear Th- it. This is what this is spiritually bypassing. Yes. This is yes. what spiritually. Yeah. Um, blank was such a good person. God wanted blank to be with him, you know, insert name here in the blank. Um, you have to be strong for your spouse, children, mother, etc. I was actually yeah. told when I, within moments of receiving the news that I had to be strong for my family within moments of receiving the news. And I, I, very quickly hung up on that person because I was not in a place to be strong for anybody at the moment. No, that person um, was not yeah. thinking straight. Mm-hmm. That was, um, no. Stay busy. Don't think about it or just give it time. Time heals. And I think the biggest thing that I took away from really dealing with that grief firsthand is that grief is selfish and that's okay. It's- and it's an it's an okay time to be selfish. As I was processing the loss of my sister, I kept thinking, I know she's happier. 
she spent so much of her life sad and hurting and depressed. She was a product of abuse on multiple fronts. She had lost children. She had dealt with so much grief and mental health stuff and physical health stuff. And I know that wherever she is in this moment, she is happier. She probably feels better. She is, has moved on with whatever she needs to move on with. I feel very strongly that that is the case. However, selfishly, I'm angry. I'm angry. She's gone. I'm angry about the life situation that she had to deal with. And, um, I know that anger is a secondary emotion. And so I realized that underneath it all, I'm actually just really sad because she's not no, here. The grief, <laughs> the grief comes out how it comes out. You can't really control it. Um, you just gotta let it. But I felt like I know that this is selfish of me because I know that all I'm doing in this moment is thinking about me and what I want and her being here. But I think in the processing of that grief, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to say I'm sad. It's okay to take the time to just be in that space and let yeah. yourself feel those big emotions. Yeah. Well, cause ultimately here is the deal is grief. The reason why it is the most overpowering thing that I myself and have like have ever experienced and I've ever seen anyone experience is because of love. Whenever I think about my babies, whenever I think about the people I've lost, the reason it hurts so much is because I love them so much. Mm -hmm. So the grief is just like, to me, it is the evidence of the the permanent impactful change that person left in my life in my heart it represents the the relationship I still believe we have because while they are gone and their heartbeat is stopped and you know all that my love and my relationship and my grief lives on very alive inside of me and so and to bond with other people that understand that that understand that despite the death, despite the loss, they still feel something very alive in them, which is the love they have for that person. And and there's other kinds of grief. There's regret. There's, you know, there's sometimes is this feeling of longing for what the relationship could have been. Right. There's, you know, that can be involved as well. But in, in terms of speaking about like relationships that we, we hold fond, it to me talking with people who have experienced loss and have grief I connect with that because it's so honest like yeah. grief makes you so honest just so and vulnerable very like just it cracks you wide open yep and you can't hide it and no and it's painful like yeah. it's painfully vulnerable but something that I've noticed and I kind of collected some thoughts from other people people and I'll go into that in a minute but when I collected these thoughts I noticed one well a couple of things in common but one thing in common was they, they were so honest mm -hmm. every single one of them they didn't sugarcoat it they didn't say any spiritually bypassing stuff they said the things that people are afraid to say out loud when they're asked how they're doing Wow. Because they knew that I was really asking, like I'm really asking. And so be that person that when you ask, 
the other person knows you're really asking. You're mm-hmm. not going to get uncomfortable when they respond. And if you do get uncomfortable, you at least can say, I have no idea what to say because your profound loss scares me because yeah. I never want to go through that, but I know I will. So mm-hmm. like, I'm going to stay here with you and I'm going to like, not just learn from you for my own benefit later, but I like, I, this is something everyone goes through. This is a normal part of life. I I've said recently a few times we're born to die. That sounds really pessimistic, but like, but we that's all... the cycle of life. We yeah. are born, we live and we pass on to whatever yes. is next. That's just the way it was designed. Exactly. And it was interesting because I was watching the show and, um, I think it's called like six feet under or something like that. Oh, I haven't seen that, but I've heard of it. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of random, which in the end doesn't feel so random now, you know? Okay. So it's, it's just basically about this family who is like a funeral home out of their basement and the dad, the main, he gets in like a horrific accident. And the show is kind of a mix of like humor and realness. It's about a mortician family he gets in a wreck he dies and then the family's response to his death it's really really honest and kind of funny how honest it is maybe that's just me coping but <laughs> but and that's a they, form there's... that is a form of coping using humor yes. i mean sometimes absolutely sometimes in the grief process we need to mask and yeah. we because it hurts so much and you feel it so deeply and so profoundly that sometimes we just need to mask with laughter so yes. we, we laugh at the pain or we joke through the pain because it's easier. Exactly. And then when we have space to actually feel that pain more deeply, then we feel yeah. it because the only way through it is through it. I'm in that spot right now where I am legitimately dissociating around something. So I'm talking around it at the moment, but I'll share mm-hmm. in a few minutes. The show is he talks about like they're at their dad's funeral. Okay. Their mom goes up to see her husband for the last time and she starts sobbing and there's some backstory that's funny you'll have to watch it it's the first episode in the first season but he she gets ushered away by the you know one of the sons that's more traditional and the one that's less traditional the son that is less traditional says to the sister why did we rush them away like that and she's like yeah. I guess that their their emotions their grief makes people uncomfortable yeah. and he said it's not about them yeah. it's about us it's about the people yeah. who are grieving so entirely these people that show up should be around like picking us up off the floor like they shouldn't mm-hmm. be or on the floor with us they shouldn't yeah. be ushering us away as we look at our like deceased family member and so he talks about on his travels he, there's some islanders and he witnesses them have um, a family member returned in a like pine box, you know, to the island mm-hmm. and um, returned to the like on the sand from a boat and their family and, and tribe or, you know, they are all there and waiting for their loved one's body and on the sand and they're all dressed in black. And the second the box hits the sand, they throw their bodies over it wailing yeah. and in the show it you know it was really impactful and he said you know back when I saw it it freaked me out like it freaked me out to see that because that level of openness and vulnerability can be very scary for people 
they're showing that pain like grief is honest and if we are honest about it if we get permission to be honest about it and let it out of our bodies like that how much better off would we be you know so he talks about like how it freaked him out at the time but now that he's sitting in his father's funeral watching his mom get ushered away while she cries he says that makes the most sense to me right now than anything I've ever experienced or witnessed. And I cried when I watched that. And of course it was like right after you and I talked about doing, you know, this, but what happened later in the show was when she was at the actual graveside and he walks away and he picks up a handful of dirt and everyone watches him uncomfortable because no one wants to see the dirt lift, like put on the casket because they've gotten so used to these formalities. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to literally do something like that, you know, like a more, a more literal symbolic thing that made more sense to him than what everyone expected from him. Yeah. And so he does this and, and there's kind of a fallout to it. And then his mom who had been holding it together for like everyone there, she says, wait, and she does the same thing. And she ends up picking up multiple handfuls of dirt and throwing them at the casket and he puts it like she's moaning as she does like screaming and um, he puts his hand instinctually on her back to support her. And the first thing I thought of was childbirth. Like it looked like she was like in labor and that he was putting his back on her to support her. And like the instinctual screams that came out of her as she leaned over this casket in grief and love was strangely similar you know like the the birth the labor that process was strangely similar feeling as what she was going through and so I just I just um couldn't help but to make that parallel that because I have been saying lately you're born to die and I'm like oh there it is right there right in front of me on the show (laughs) it's it's profound and really speaks to that whole that whole circle of life I know that um you have some stories that you want to share. And I I really want to get into that with you. We have reached our time limit for today. So we'll come back again for a part two, so we can hear the rest of what you have to share with us. Um, So until then, we will have links for everything we've talked about today and Trisha's social media profiles as well, so that you can follow her and kind of hear more about her journey. And if you are dealing with grief and you would like to reach out or have someone to talk to, please do. This is not something that you need to process alone. Thank you for being here with us today and we'll see you for part two. Bye friends.